It's the doc and the deacon, stethoscope and hope, talking everything from poop to the pope. One believing in spiritual miracles, the other believes in movement bowels that are irritable. Two dads, more like two brothers, and they breaking bread like the Last Supper. This show won't get negative feedback, that be like the deacon prescribing a Z-Pack. So don't get it twisted like a Philly pretzel, Foles already told y'all that Philly special. Take notes from the knowledge they're teaching, pay attention, it's the doc and the deacon speaking. Welcome to Doc and the Deacon, a podcast about two dads, one of us believing in the power of science, one of us believing in the power of Jesus, but both of us believing in the power of an ice-cold beer. So I'm excited about this one. Uh, this weekend, I was at a party with friends, and uh, you know, you, you go to those parties where everybody's like, oh, you bring something, everybody bring a side or a main course or beer or whatever. You go to parties like that, right? You have friends that aren't me? Um, uh, yes, they're, they're less fun. Oh, your church friend. That's right. <laughs> you know, we're trying to be in the world and with the world, just not of the world. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of prepositions there. <laughs> so, so I went to a party and, of course, I always make like an item du jour. Mm. That means of the day, for those of you that don't speak Francais. Um, and so I made these uh, French onion sliders. And... It, uh, brought them to the party. I didn't think anyth- anything much, but I sat them down. People seemed to enjoy them. And then, of course, everybody came up to me and said, Oh, give me the recipe? Exactly. How did you make that? Yes. Did your wife actually make these? No one's ever said that. <laughs> That's probably not <laughs> happened. <laughs> so then I thought, well, you know, here I am, just sh- Joe Schmo cook. Although I, I do think I cook well. People start asking me for recipes. Everywhere I go, like people saw me the next day. Over the weekend, they're like, oh, what was that? How'd you bring it? Can you send me the recipe? And then I thought about my good buddy, the doc. Mm. And I thought, this guy is an actual expert in a field. Um, I wonder what it must be like for him. Do, do you find yourself out often where people are asking you medical advice? I mean... Once they know you're a doctor? I get asked to look at genitals a lot. <laughs> I, no, no, no. I mean, like... For medical reasons. Oh, yes, yes. No, um, I feel like everywhere I go, somebody wants to show me a rash or complain about a refill not being done. Actually, there was a time where, um, you know, I was in uh, Mexico and I went to like a little pharmacy and I ran like a little clinic there by people that I knew just asking me, hey, what do I need for this? What do I need for that? And I, I charged no copays and it was all you can drink so nobody could even like buy me something. Oh, so it's like universal health care. <laughs> kind of, but uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. I actually, right before we got started, a buddy from college was texting me, Can you call something in for my wife? I think she has a urinary tract infection. And the honest truth is, uh, I probably will, but I'm going to wait till we're done recording. Oh, so that was tonight? Uh, literally right before we started. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So, what do you do in that situation? You're like, Go call the guys from Ocean Spray and get a big bottle of cranberry with lime. <laughs> I mean, it's, you don't have a cranberry with vodka. We know that. <laughs> um, well, I, I think when like a buddy calls me that like hasn't called me in a while. Yeah. I'm just like waiting, waiting. waiting. Yeah. Hey, how are the kids? How's work? How's your fantasy football team? Uh, can I ask you a favor? For a friend. Often it's just for them. Usually it's just for them. 
And, um, you know, I've been asked all sorts of ridiculous things. Um, one guy goes, hey, doc, my birthday is coming up. I need a note for work. Could you give me a note for work for my birthday? Oh, okay. Like, what do you... Is I, that... said, I said no. You said, I'll give you a note for your conception day. <laughs> <laughs> not yes. for your birthday. Yes, uh, but not for your birthday. Yeah, it's one of those where, like, I actually want to say, if you're going to call me for some medical issues, like, text me the day before. Call me, like, or send me an email to just, hey, Doc, how are you doing? Just to, like, rekindle the fire so that I'm thinking about you before you ask me for something. All right, so those are people that you know. Have you ever found yourself in a medical situation, like an emergent situation, outside of uh, work or a medical facility where somebody needed help and um, you didn't know them? Like, what do, you, what do you do there as a doctor? Do you have to help them? Well, do you, do you feel some sort of, like, pull to that? Well, uh, ethically, of course, I feel a pull. Like, we just got a Subaru, right? Yeah. And my daughter said all she sees now are Subarus all over the road, right? So it's like, I don't know if because you're a doctor, all you see are people in distress or needing help. Well, sometimes it's not distress, but oftentimes people are needing help. You know, I've examined a bartender's knees on a stool. I've had someone follow me into the restroom to have me look at a rash. But I have been one of those people that was on an airplane and all of a sudden over the loudspeaker, you hear what you don't want to hear. And it was, attention, we have a medical emergency. Is there a physician on board? Oh, I thought you were going to say... Um, please remember when the mask dropped to help the person help yourself before you help the person Whoa, next to you. No, this was better than that. Okay. This was better than that. And at this point, I was asleep. I had just enough like drool dripping down my uh, chin and my wife woke me up. And I did, you know, go up front. Like I'm in a hoodie at this point. I'm relaxed. And I, and I go up front to first class, which I was not in. And there was a guy seizing. Yeah. And they actually... Um, asked a bunch of the people that came up and in the end they go, oh, we have a real doctor. So I don't know what the other people did. <laughs> they, were just, they were just good Samaritans. They were. They were. And so that's what I feel like uh, you have to be as a doctor, a good Samaritan. And this guy, so he's seizing, right? Yeah. And he finishes his seizure. And at this point I had had them get the kit down with the medicine. There's certain medicine that most airlines have. Okay. And I was just giving him some time and we had gotten him some juice in case, you know, it was a hypoglycemic seizure. And he wakes up and he looks at me and I was like, hey, you know, you just had a seizure. We got some juice here. Have you ever had a seizure before? And he's like, yeah, bro, get me a Diet Coke. And I was like, well, I'm a physician. I'm just here to make sure you're okay. Do you realize you had a seizure? And he goes, yeah, I know I had a seizure, my man. Are you going to get me that Diet Coke? (laughs) So, Okay. And so, uh, you know what they say, no good deed. Yeah. I did not get him a Diet Coke, no. but I, I, I did check on him and make sure that he was okay. Um, somebody got him a Diet Coke though. Yeah. That's good. He seemed like, uh, he seemed like he may, maybe he was, he thought he was in the wrong commercial. Sounds like he was in a Snickers commercial instead of a Diet Coke commercial. You know what? <laughs> Something should have satisfied him. Right. Yeah. Um, and the whole idea is you have to be a good Samaritan. Yeah. And in the United States of America, and in most Western countries, there is a law called the Good Samaritan Law that says you shall not be held liable for civil damages 
when you're trying to give care or help to someone who is down, who is sick. Who's not uh, like designated to be under your care. Yes. If somebody's in my office, this does not count. Yeah. And because of lawyers, they actually have needed to now have this law called the Good Samaritan Law. And one of the things that that led to this is there have been some different incidents with video cameras now where someone went down and no one went to help. (laughs) Well, listen, you remember the first incident of a video camera where it was recorded that something happened and no one went to help. I do not. No. Seinfeld finale part one, the much maligned Seinfeld finale when they're... uh, In the jail. No, before they get to jail, they're out on the road and Jerry and Elaine witness uh, this, this guy getting carjacked and Kramer's taping it, thinking it's funny. And uh, they start, the guy gets out of his car and they realize he is a man um, who, if he was a woman, would shop at Lane Bryant. Okay. Okay. But since he's a dude, he probably shops at DXL or big and tall. Sure. The casual male. Um, whatever. So they start making fun of his size. Kramer gets the whole incident on film and the town that they're in has a good Samaritan law in place that says you got to help. You have to help if you see somebody in danger. And if you don't, you can be held liable. So it's kind of the opposite of, uh, your, your doctor, good Samaritan law. But you know, that was the that was back in the 98, I'm thinking. So it's, that term is actually called duty to assist. Yes. And duty to assist means that if you see someone, you do have to help. And there are actually uh, two states in the United States where you can be prosecuted for not doing it. Is Massachusetts one of them? It is not, actually. It is Vermont. Um, oh, that's where they were. They were in Vermont. And Minnesota. And yeah. in Vermont, if you do not help someone, yeah. it is a $100 fine. Yeah, well, they went to jail. Wow. I mean, yeah. I think that was a little excessive. Yeah. Yeah. They ended up in jail. And yeah, it was a great, I, 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 I much enjoyed the episode, but uh, many others did not. So yeah, that, that's, uh, that's the first documented recording of that, that I re- recollect. But I mean, it's not the first recording of the good Samaritan for crying out loud. What do you mean? Well, you know, my boy, Jesus. Talks about it in the Bible, Bibliotech. Somehow I knew we were going to bring this back to religion. Well, it's not religion. You know, in fact, Jesus talks about it. There is so much talked about in terms of the Good Samaritan and the story of the Good Samaritan. You know, Jesus uses many... You may be surprised, but I, I do not know the story of the religious Good Samaritan. All right, so... So Jesus is talking to this guy and he's like, hey, how, how do I get into heaven? Right. And 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 he's like, well, he said, you make I, a left here. You go straight, make another right. Go over there. And he says, I know I have to um, love the Lord, my guy, with all my heart, soul and strength um, and, and, and love my neighbor as myself. And so, you know, it came about that Jesus, Jesus was really good at using questions and he said, so he, he hadn't met my neighbors. Yeah. So he said, well, well, let me tell you a story. And you tell me which man was a neighbor to this guy. So he, he tells a story about a dude who was robbed and stripped and left on the side of the road. And he says, first, a priest walks by and walks on the other side of the road, avoiding the guy. Then a Levite comes and does likewise. And then a third man, a Samaritan, comes up helps the dude, gets him off the road, 
gets him into a hotel, gives the hotel keeper like two denarii, which is back then they say it's the equivalent of uh, like a week's salary. Okay. To take care of the dude, nurse him back to health and all that stuff. And then Jesus says, which of these three was the man's neighbor? And, uh, and the guy answered, the one who shows him mercy. Mm. Okay. So it's interesting because there's a lot of cultural historical references in that. You know, Jesus tells the story, he says the man was on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho. Okay. So that road was known for being a treacherous path mm. where there was often like, like the Schuylkill. The Schuylkill, or it was like, um, like your boy Chris Rock, you know, talks about it's like any MLK Boulevard. Of course. In, in town, run, run, run. Um, in fact, Martin Luther King and his wife made a trek to Jerusalem and did that road. And, and Martin Luther King said, I can see why Jesus referred to this road because he, could, he said he could just feel and see, you know, how treacherous this path was. Wow. It's some people say that, the, you know, maybe the priest had, you know, had cleansed himself and wanted to avoid touching the guy if he was, in fact, dead, that he, had, he was clean he and the Levite maybe had cleansed themselves and for their religious purposes, they weren't just walking by the dude being like, oh, good, better luck next time, homie. Maybe there was something that was actually they had done. They had done a religious practice that prevented them from becoming dirty again. So they were clean and didn't want to, you know, do it. Some people say maybe dude was playing possum, hmm. right? Like it wasn't um, unheard of for somebody to act injured or hurt. And then maybe when you come up and check on them, um, then they, they faint, they actually played possum, and then they attack you and take you for all kind you of, got, right? Yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff uh, that goes, there's even more about the times, the, who the Samaritans were and what they thought of the, the, you know, these people in the time and how they didn't get along. So there's just so many aspects, so many layers that make this story an interesting one that Jesus chose to tell. I like it. Yeah, the Good Samaritan. Good Samaritan. So uh, Pennsylvania actually has a new law for Good Samaritans in reference to one of our previous topics. Okay. The, um, there is now an immunity to someone who calls if they're hanging out and they are doing drugs and someone is about to overdose. Oh. So even if they're participating in the uh, participation yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess if you have heroin and you're going, uh, you know, puff, puff, give or pass, pass. Yes. If you do not have, there are certain things that don't count, right? Right. So if you have guns on you, that oh. doesn't count. That's not going to, no, no good Samaritan there. Correct. There's no protection. Correct. No immunity. There's no immunity if you have guns. If you have so much drugs that it looks like you are the guy from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Then it does not count. Okay. Right. But if it's a recreational I guess how, I, I however guess you would so. classify but that. But it's basically so that people don't not call 911 because they're worried they're going to get in trouble for being in a place where there's drugs. Right. Which is kind of, I mean, we've heard stories of that happening. Uh, I know um, the case where the young man was at Penn State, Timothy Piazza. Wow. Right? Yeah. And yep. he fell and his, his fraternity brothers uh, wanted to 
to try to treat him themselves and did not call for medical treatment until the next morning for fear of them, them getting in trouble. He ends up dying. And those guys are in all kinds of uh, legal hot water because of that. His parents have lost a son. And yeah. you know, it's been a tough thing for that family. Well, I'm ready. If somebody goes down, I'm there to try to help. But if I'm eating breakfast, yeah. don't come over and ask me for a refill. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, on, oh, on your coffee? No, no, I'll have a refill on my coffee. But I, I was at breakfast with my kids the other day, and somebody came over and his, like, ah, oh, Doc, I haven't been able to get in to see you. Uh, could you call in my meds when you get home? And I was like, I'm cutting up some chocolate chip pancakes. I am here. So if you, you see me, at- me... You told me to meet you there for breakfast. That's <laughs> okay. not fair. I mean, that story's crazy. I was there on purpose. <laughs> if you want my attention and you see, go down and pretend like you're having a heart attack. I'll run right over... But if we're in the midst of, like, I'm trying to change a diaper, please don't. Right, I'll remember that next time we go out to breakfast. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank no you. problem. That's a, I, I like the way you work that in, that subtle, hey, don't ask me for refills at breakfast anymore. Well. <laughs> 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 um, so, I was on a plane recently. Yeah. Another plane story. Oh, my gosh. I've had enough of the plane stories. And you know what? Both of these times on the plane, uh, I was, like, trying to sleep there are thoughts that like when you're doing a good Samaritan, you're protected as a doctor that, you know, you need to get consent. You need to make sure that there's not a danger to yourself. You obviously can't ask for money for the person. Right. But if you want to give me an upgrade and some, uh, you know, miles, I'll take that. Yeah. Maybe some Vuvclico. So at this point, I'm not asleep. Right. But I'm sitting there. I'm kind of out of it. I'm flying to Europe, flying through Iceland, which is like the people, the place people fly through now. And um, all of a sudden, I hear over the loudspeaker, we have a medical emergency. Is there a doctor in the house? And I'm like, I can't believe this happened again. And then I realize that like five minutes earlier, my wife said, I'm not feeling great. I'm going to go to the bathroom. And as I walk up, I go, hi, I'm the doctor. And I think the person down is my wife. And my wife went to the bathroom and she passed out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So what happens? Well, she at times has this thing called vasovagal syncope where she gets a little bit lightheaded and starts to go down. And um, she walked up and she's like, oh, I'm feeling lightheaded. I have to go to the bathroom. She goes to the ground. Everyone gets nervous. They call for a doctor. She's like, but I still have to go to the bathroom. And they're like, (laughs) okay, but you can't lock the door. So I get there. And as I walk up, the flight attendant goes, oh, the guy with the hair is here. It's her husband, and he's a doctor. Because <laughs> <laughs> they was, had already named you on the plane. Well, no, no. I think she told them. Oh, she told them. Oh, okay. And they're like, would you just check on her? And I was like, oh, okay. So I opened the door, and she's like, I almost passed out. But I'm peeing now. Could you shut the door? <laughs> and so they made her take oxygen, and like I sat with her for a while. And um, then I was like, I hope the trip is going to get better from here. Yeah. Which it sure did. And we actually, on the trip, went to uh, France. And France is one of those countries where there is a duty to assist. Oh. And you actually have to help out um, if you're in France uh, and or Germany and or Israel. Oh, yeah. You know, you know what some of those other countries have in common is that they also have uh, streets in those countries named after Martin Luther King. Do they? Yeah, they do. They all have an MLK. It's funny. It's interesting. I shouldn't say funny. We spoke earlier of... 
MLK Boulevard and Chris Rock's old joke. But you know, there's this guy um, in St. Louis who decided he wanted to start cleaning up streets with the name MLK and he calls it the Beloved Streets of America Project, um, Melvin White. So he goes around and is trying to work to reclaim these streets that are in many times very urban areas uh, that are predominantly African-American and try to bring um, the, try to restore those streets and restore joy and hope to the people of those streets, which is great because, I mean, after all, Martin Luther King spoke often about, you know, that, that quest for equality and for, for equal rights and for joy and hope. Um, I think uh, if there was ever someone who represented a good Samaritan, uh, it was certainly him. Yeah, I mean, the whole idea behind a good Samaritan, whether it's as a doctrine, it's ethical, or it's part of the story about Jesus, is that oh, we need to help each other. Yeah. And we don't need to just help our friends who call us and ask us for help. We need to help random people, someone that you don't know, tomorrow, help someone, even if you don't know them. And I will tell you, if I see you at breakfast and you go down... You know, I'll be there. But first, you got to let me know you're ready for me. But you know, if I'm going down, I'm going down singing. I'm going to be like, help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, I need someone. Help. I mean, I don't know that that was Paul McCartney-like, but I like it. Uh, you know, I do my best. Well, we hope that uh, Doc and the Deacon... Help make your day a little bit better because there's two things you can count on. The doc is in and the deacon speaks. Hey, make sure you follow us on Twitter on at Doc Deacon. Subscribe to us on iTunes and make sure to rate us. This is season two. All these previous episodes are out there. And as usual, they've been produced by Tucker Butler. Music by my boy Franchise. Holla. Excellent brain trust to market it Brandness that's set in stone Like the Ten Commandments This show gon' be around for infinite years I think we can all agree on ice cold beers 100% authentic You can't fake it Often imitated But never duplicated So knowledgeable Take a lot of facts in Now I'm coming to close it Like a Roldish Chapman